Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 133rd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site, and just an apology up front, I do have a bit of a sinus infection, so my voice is going to come in and out. It's going to get real low and rough, kind of like... Uh, Lobo from DC Comics. Yes, I make that reference because we are going to be talking about the future of DC Studios because of the big news that popped over a few weeks ago that James Gunn is going to be, amongst others, will be heading up the brand new DC film studio. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the future of some of the TV as well. Joining me this week... As she does every week, she is the living, breathing Star Wars encyclopedia. She also is fresh off of eviscerating me in fantasy football last week, thanks to Joe Mixon deciding he wanted to do good for once. Um, he, uh, you know, she is uh, our favorite Amandalorian. Amanda Rivas, some say you're also the secret daughter of Commissioner Gordon. Uh, that would be awesome. I cannot confirm or deny that, but you never know. You never know. Uh, yes, I totally eviscerated you. It was it was with love, though. It was with love because, uh, you know, Joe, Joe knew I was going to play the other mic this week so he's like i'm gonna give you a boost because you're probably gonna lose this week <laughs> oh you're playing which which one vacchiano or mueller vacchiano <laughs> oh god his team just can't, his team just can't lose uh, they it's, can't it's, it's and, and of course mixon and stevenson and boyd are all on bye week so <laughs> you're welcome for boyd by the way uh because i yes, decided i'll you. drop him right when he's gonna start <laughs> like scoring and points. mine <laughs> Um, I got Walker though. Walker's going to be the, uh, and I'm starting Jimmy G this week. Oh, I benched Brady. So, uh, yeah, Oh, speaking of Tom Brady, <laughs> our next guest yes, loves three things in this world. Three things. He loves bagels. He loves Tom Brady and he loves Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. He's the only person besides maybe Zack Snyder who loves that movie. He is the first and former film editor of the popbreak.com. <laughs> he, he just brings me to choking to death on my, my, on my drink. Um, his uh, bold box office predictions column has returned to pop break after a five-year dormancy. Check out all his hot takes on the box office every Thursday on the site. And every month on the breakcast, you can listen to his Batman by the numbers podcast. And he is coming off one hell of a winning streak in our league as well. The commissioner of the Michael Bay Fantasy Football League, Dan, by God. Cohen is back on the podcast. Only took us two years to get him back on. Bill, Amanda, great to be here on the podcast. And yes, um, as a longtime contributor to the site, uh, Bill, I, I like to remind you that if you recall, there was one time where I predicted that the Emoji Movie would be the surprise hit of the summer. Remember that prediction a few years ago? Yep. I'll, I'll never that forget is, it. That is the kind of sound analysis that you're going to get from me on this podcast. I'm ready to go. The man who said Armageddon time was going to take the uh, cinema by storm. He must have been thinking of Armageddon from 1999. 
I don't think I quite said that, but yes, uh, that you, was a bad prediction. It was a bad prediction. But uh, you know what? It's not Dan's not bad at doing talking about DC and all the films and all the TV shows that are at it. Now we're going to mostly um, focus on film here. Uh, now, for those who don't know, like I said in the beginning, uh, Peter Zafrin, uh, who is a, a film producer, has done a lot of uh, horror movies like The Conjuring and The Nun. And he's also done a lot, number of DC films like Aquaman and Shazam and The Suicide Squad and the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. Um, so he has joined forces with James Gunn under the new Warner Brother Discovery um, con, you know, tent to uh, film head DC Studios, which is brand new. So what we wanted to do was, much like we talked a few months ago about the future of Marvel, we wanted to talk about the future of DC, especially with you know Black Adam uh, hot in the box office right now, close to $300 million, if it has not surpassed it at, at this time. And uh, a whole bunch on the plate for next year. So let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Let's talk about the DC world as we know it. So, Dan, you have been a longtime ardent defender of DC. As I mentioned, you're famous for your just absolute undying affection for that film. And I put in air quotes, uh, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, which I believe and I quote, I said on your podcast is a piece of shit. Um, tell us what you feel about your personal feelings about DC and the films of DC that we've had since this DC EU concept has started probably about 10 or so years ago. Every podcast I've ever been on in my life, I always have to bring up that I defend BVS. It's just that is just my calling card and I'm happy yes. to do it. DC films, it's to say that it's there have been peaks and valleys to say that there have been ups and downs throughout DC films would be an understatement. Uh, it has been a long and winding road for me as a DC fan. That's for sure. I'll say this very quickly. When it comes to the non-DCEU films, stuff like the Dark Knight trilogy, um, and you know, the, and the Batman, and yes, I know, and I, I'm a fan of Joker. Um, when it comes to non-DCEU films, uh, it's been pretty good. But when it comes to the DCEU movies, like I said, it's been a mixed bag. But it's 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 tough for me because there are, there are some that I like a lot. There are some that I absolutely detest. And then there are a lot that are okay. So they have really uh, hit the spectrum of greatness, badness, and okayness. Uh, and look, you know, the thing with me is I do, I am, I am a BVS defender. Um, I really do like that movie. But here's, here's the thing. I do understand the complaints with that movie. Like if I'm talking to people about BVS, like I can understand like why, you know, people don't like it. And I just kind of accept that. But when it comes to a movie like Man of Steel, that is a movie that I passionately yes, like. <clears throat> I passionately defend it. And to me, no qualifiers. I think it is an absolutely great movie. And by far, the best DCE movie that there is, is Man of Steel. And so I root for Henry Cavill Superman, which I will, I'm sure we will get into plenty on yes. this podcast. But yes, there have been other movies like... As I think Bill is aware, um, I absolutely detest the 2016 Suicide Squad movie. 
Um, it is was, absolutely I've never heard terrible. someone so angry at a movie ever. And I was <laughs> drunk hosting that podcast and I hadn't even seen it. So I just was like, I know what bush buttons to push. And I pushed every single one. And you, I thought you were going to have a heart attack on that podcast. Terrible movie. Uh, look, it's going to be interesting to talk about the DCU, you know, going forward. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. I think at the end of the day, you know, when you look back at like the history of superhero movies, um, 2008 was a very interesting time. You had both Iron Man, the Dark Knight coming out. And I think when and when the Dark Knight hit, you know, I think that the the, the, the thinking was is that that was going to be, you know, superhero movies going forward, you know, very serious movies, not really kind of associated with extended universes. But then 2012's Avengers came out and just took the world by storm. And it was more lighthearted, very funny. And that was sort of the mantle going forward. And that's the and look, I. I've been a very big critic of Marvel movies, but look, they found their niche and they have run with it for many years now. Uh, so DC just, I think it's, I think man of steel was also just, a, it was something of bad timing in that when it was one year after the Avengers. And so it, that type of su- superhero movie, just people were not into it at that time. I think if it had come out like two years before, who knows? The whole mm. superhero DC movie universe could have been perceived very differently. I just think that it was the type of thing that that was not what people were looking for. And then, look, let's let's be honest. After Man of Steel came out, Warner Brothers and DC totally shifted their whole uh, strategy and they rushed right into doing an extended like extended universe and getting more characters in there like Batman. And like I said, I like BVS. I think it carries on the tone of Man of Steel, but much more flawed film. And then that begot movies like 2016 Suicide Squad, which was just a mess. And so it's been it's been a lot of inconsistencies. And at the end of the day, like I got to give Marvel credit because when you walk out of a Marvel movie, you like you can say to yourself that was a marvel movie you know what you're getting problem with dc films and the perception is people don't know what a dc film is and so that's hopefully going to change when we talk about the future do you feel like man of steel 2 is going to be more well received especially now coming off of the batman and kind of that same vibe if you will like do do you feel like now people would appreciate man of steel 2 because sometimes I, I, you brought up a good point Dan, in that I think, because I also enjoyed Man of Steel. I, I actually yeah, really, it's 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 a great movie, incredibly underrated. And I agree with you that the time frame it came out in was, it didn't do it any favors. And and so it's, it's one of those things where I thought, well, maybe if it even came out now, or again, like before um, Avengers, Avengers hit, would things be different? I guess I just wonder, would people, do you feel like people would appreciate Man of Steel 2 now? Knowing kind of maybe that we're a little bit further I guess there's more of a gap between Marvel and DC now that they're not so intermingled anymore. Well, I think that if they have just, if they had just made man of steel two back, like, so like if they just did it in 2015, 2016, um, I think that it probably would not have done that well for a couple of reasons. Number one is, Okay, if they had just continued the tone of Man of Steel and they made a true blue, we are continuing the tone, we are continuing the style of what Zack Snyder did, and it's just a Superman story, I think it would have been a phenomenal film. Like, I would have liked it, but I still think you would have gotten the same crowd reaction of like, 
yeah, we didn't, you know, we're not really into this right now. Like we want the, we want the Marvel fun. Like, why are we watching more dour superhero movies? However, if they made of Man of Steel 2 and they basically did with, with what they did with the Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield, where they just completely forced another tone that doesn't match up with the first movie as well, it also would have failed and probably more because then people would have been like, this yeah. is like they're just they're trying to be a Marvel movie. So they were in a tough spot if they continued Man of Steel 2 in the same tone would have done okay but probably would have gotten similar reaction of like hey why isn't this a marvel movie but then it's like okay well we'll try and force a marvel movie but then you have people saying well you're just trying to make a marvel movie and it stinks and that's exactly what happened with andrew garfield's amazing spider-man 2 it was all over the place they were desperately trying to be a marvel movie and it failed i think um i think right now because of just kind of um the of Cavill coming back, Gunn being in charge. This is jumping ahead a little bit, but I, I want to because this is I don't ever stay in a straight line. Is I think it's going to be really well received because I think people are very excited for Cavill to be back, and he has expressed the interest of wanting to be backing and provide a different uh, take on it, not being as so serious. But I also think there is a very happy medium that James Gunn. Um, has that we saw in the Suicide Squad, we saw in Peacemaker, we've seen in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, that he can get serious. And I'm, he might not even be directing this film, but I think there is that balance of you can be serious and you can be a little silly at the same time. Like Christopher Reeve, you know, as Clark Kent was funny and stuff like that. And that's a little bit of a different movie. I get that. But Superman as Clark Kent can be charming. You don't have to be that serious all the time. I just think there's more of an appetite now for a new take on Superman and I, but with Henry Cavill as it because I think Henry Cavill has gone on to show in Witcher and in other in Mission Impossible it's like oh he's a good actor we like him want to see more from him so I think you're going to get a very good reaction to Man of Steel too even d- yeah. despite what's coming out with Marvel I think we're in two separate leagues I mean what are your thoughts Dan uh, well, no, what I was guy. see if the, the, I I one hundred percent agree with everything you just said because yes, Good. I think if I think if they make a Man of Steel two now though now it's like we've come full circle so in in now that's what people want and I just yeah jumping right to the James Gunn thing like I'll just come out and say it James Gunn is the perfect person for this job Let, and I can, let's, okay let's, let's right. hold that because I want to get a man because we, we want to we get a, we'll get, get that because I'm very excited to hear you say that because listen I can always get behind a guy who has white hair uh but Amanda what is your person what do you what's your thoughts on the DCEU so far and what do you think the perception of it is to the general populace out there well I'm ooh, this is kind of tough I'm, I'm going to try not to be so critical but I loved the non DCEU movies like I loved watching The Dark Knight is one of my favorite movies I, so, I can watch the movie great. over and over again um it was brilliant I I, I don't think anything in the DC world will ever get to that. That's such a hard movie to just compare to in general, but I mean, I grew up watching Batman. I grew up watching Superman. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's, there's such a a love and I, and, and a care that I think even, even with kind of, you know, Christopher Reeves being, you know, Superman and being a little, uh, like he was charming, but it was, it was, you know, a little, a little bit of humor, a little bit of, you know, and even with Michael Keaton's Batman, I know people are, are pretty polarized 
Um, you know, I don't think with, you're going to find too many Keaton critics <laughs> on this one. But I mean, like, I I really enjoyed you know the whole vibe and you know just again just the, the evolution that they've gone through with with the uh, the, in the non DCEU and I feel like what's missing in the DCEU is that level of care. I feel like even if you don't always agree with the Batman castings or even you know with the different supermans that we've had there's always been i feel like it, the, the actor chosen and the script everything was just appropriate to that time frame you know even though batman and robin was terrible <laughs> terrible um yes. but it was it it made sense in this in the fact that everything else around it was so corny at the time too but i i feel like there was just something missing in the dceu and that marvel had it where there was a lot of care and, and detail put in. And I almost feel like the DCEU films to an extent, were trying to play catch up with Marvel. Um, and I mean, you just, you know, they tried to replicate the formula. It didn't work. And at least to me, although there were certain films that stood out, you know, again, man of still being one of those, I enjoyed the first wonder woman movie. Yeah. Um, you know, it had, it's there's, there's standout films that if you let them do their thing and you let people you let DC, DC be DC, which I feel like, again, I think we're going to go there with James Gunn. When DC is DC and tries not to be Marvel, it is great. <laughs> it is really, yeah. really good. And I think that's what made the non-DCU film so strong um, and why people love them so much and why they're still talked about today was because they're not, they weren't trying, they weren't, Mar Marvel wasn't there at the time and not the level that it is now. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, I've gotten to the point and I had gotten to the point, actually, I think by the time Man of Steel came out, where I was kind of like, mm. like, I, like, there's no sense of urgency for me to go see a DC film. And that's really sad. <laughs> unless sure, it's Batman. Yeah. Unless it's Batman. Right. Man of Steel. I had an urgency because, I mean, one, Henry Cavill, but two, I mean, Superman. I grew up loving Superman and Wonder Woman. I wanted to see those films. Gail Godot is a fantastic actress. Like, I, you know, but, but the other films are kind of like, like Black Adam. I still haven't seen it yet. Mm. <laughs> yeah it's one of those where it's like well i'll wait till it hits hbo same I'll stream uh, it. yeah and but what brought everything back to me and i know we're going to segue into this was the tv shows the tv yeah. shows were what brought every kind of made me feel like okay i kind of care about dc again and if we if we go and again we're going to go down that road but if we put the care that went into those tv shows into the movies going forward and told took the time to tell the stories correctly. I mean, there's so much content you can go from in the comics and the, you have so much in the origin stories and whatnot. If you try not to be Marvel, you should be fine. <laughs> I agree. The shows, were not, the shows were not Marvel. They didn't replicate Marvel's formula. They did their own thing and they did beautifully. Like, you know, Gotham, uh, Constantine, you know, just, I mean, Constantine, oh, yeah. Um, I know, but I mean, you know, but that, I wrote the review every week it. of that show. <laughs> I know <laughs> Dan wrote, Dan wrote a lot of the Gotham reviews. Yeah. Gotham uh, is fantastic. But again, that's, that's the nice thing about DC. When DC is DC, it's great. When it's not trying to be Marvel, it's like, you know, or when it's trying to be Marvel, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I have two thoughts about the perception of DC. Now I've always been a Marvel guy, even when it came to reading the comics, but if you're still going to ask me what's one of the greatest cartoons of all time, it's Batman the Animated Series. Yes. The Clayface episode to this day, I will talk about that till the cows come home. Still the best Mr. Freeze. I did so many amazing things as a kid growing up, the syndication of the Adam West Batman. You know, there's so many great things about man. Of course, you know, the Keaton stuff was great. 
we'll pass over the Schumacher stuff a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. of course, the the Christopher Nolan stuff is fantastic. I mean, we've talked about on this site, we've talked about how great the the Nolan movies are. They're just some of the best movies ever made. They're awesome, especially The Dark Knight. But DC now is reminds me of two things. One, it reminds me of my beloved New York Yankees. And you might say, oh, how does that even make sense? And why I say that is, Dan, you Boston-loving son of a bitch, is that they have, like, like the Yankees, DC has this long storied history with these great icons all around it. And they have these great players and they can never put it together. And that's the last 10 years of the New York Yankees. So hear me out. It's this for every Aaron Judge 62 home run season. There is, why can't we hit in the playoffs? And it's just like that. It's like you have everything right there. Where's the formula to win the big one, to get over the hump? And it also reminds you of that friend, relative, or person you know that's just, uh, they always have something. There's always the optic of DC is a hot mess. It's Ezra Miller. It's how many Batmans do we have in the last five years? It's this piece of casting isn't working. This director isn't working. There's a new head of a studio. There's new this. They can't figure things out. They want to be Marvel. We don't want to be Marvel, but we are Marvel, but we're not. It's it's only taken 15 years for Black Adam to come out. We're going to push everything back. It's just, it's always a hot, the Snyderverse. Yes. Snyder cut. It's always controversy. It's always a mess. Now, say what you will about Marvel. You don't have to like it. Perfectly fine. But it never comes off as a mess. It always comes off. There's Kevin Feige and there is a path. And that's it. I can't even tell you what's in the DCEU or not. Like, I don't know. I think the new Suicide Squad was. It should be if it's not because that's dumb. But like, that's a problem. I everyone can tell you what's in the MCU. We know that because everything's in the timeline. Whereas DC, it's like, well, this is, but this isn't. And it's there's the TV shows that don't jive with this. And it's an it's um it's a hot mess. And they have such great characters to work with. But the, that I is think, the problem. I think the hard part though about that was the non DCEU was working fine. Like in minus the Schumacher, we can, you know, yeah. Um, but that soundtrack for Batman was, Forever, though. Come that was now. good. That's seal, great. Seal. I just have to say Seal. That's all I got. Um, I, you but, two songs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like they were fine until Marvel came, and then it was that <laughs> the feeling. The only game of, in town. Exactly, and the formula they had worked because people oh, went sure. to the box office, and it was it was fine. And I feel like even the TV shows, to an extent, still kind of followed that formula, where it's okay, you guys are going to do that over there. We're going to do our own thing, and it still worked. So they have a formula that worked. They just were like, okay, Marvel came, and it's like, ooh, okay, we got to chuck, you know, yeah. we got to change what we're doing. And I feel like that led to that dysfunction, if you will, or that disjointment, if that's word. Yes. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, trust me, I make web words all the time. I've got to respond to what Bill said, because I actually don't necessarily disagree with him about the Yankees comparison. I think that's part and yeah. I'm I'm going to irritate Marvel fans. Sorry, but that's what I do. But here's the like, I think that DC has always been in a tougher spot because they have the Batmans and they have the Supermans and they historically have had the more iconic characters. That's not the case. That's not the case anymore. But here's what I'm trying to say is that I, 
as a longtime DC fan, and the reason why all the MCU love drove me nuts for years is because of the double standard and that I'm sorry. Here's the okay, like, no, here. When, when, I just when, watched when, all the Marvel movies this just, year. So just and, yeah, I, I want to hear it. I, I'm just here's what I'm gonna say is like when Marvel was starting out, you know, characters like Iron Man and Captain America and Thor, like they were not A-list characters. And so well, they Cap- were like being Captain America. Compare, no. compare, Captain America to Batman and Superman. No, 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 no. And even and even Wonder Woman, you're not he was a tier below. And Spider-Man's so the number when, one for Marvel. I, I, yeah, I agree with is that. that yeah. The expectations at that time yeah, is that right. when you walk into a Batman or Superman movie, like you have to make the greatest movie ever made or it's going to be a failure. That was the perception. Whereas yeah, when, Marvel no, was start, when Marvel was starting out, they were like the little engine that could. And they were like, wow, a great Iron Man movie. Who expected that? A great Thor movie. Who expected that? Guardians of the Galaxy? I don't even know what that is. So nobody they did. were able, they were able to they were able to really capitalize off of low, lower expectations because their characters yes. were not as iconic. Now, yes, now it has changed. And now it's it's really funny because now it's like 10 years later, critics have finally caught up to Daniel Cohen, whereas now Marvel is starting to get the criticisms that what success brings you is that like everything's going to be overly critical. Like, you know, people were kind of like, uh, like sort of mixed on Doctor Strange too. Like, That's you know, so I think, it, and and I actually like someone who's been a critic of Marvel, like I thought it was solid entertainment, it's but that now Marvel is experiencing that. And so I'll just tell you like from a, from a DC fans perspective. And again, I totally acknowledge DC films and the DC, they have problems. Like I'm not denying that, but this is what drives me crazy, and I'm going to sum it up like this, and I have the Rotten Tomato scores in front of me, and I don't care how much people dislike BVS. All I'm going to say is this. Rotten Tomato score right now for BVS, B, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, 29%. Here's the Rotten Tomato score for Thor The Dark World, 66%. It's the worst movie ever made. Okay, I don't – like. And it's so, a, I mean, the dark world. It's a horrible movie. BVS has its problems. Okay. No, BVS is BVS has its These problems. These are two of the worst movies the, I've ever seen in my life. They're okay, horrible. fine. If you want to say, if I had to watch, if I had to watch these back to back, I'd cry. I, I but don't one, want that. But one should not be twenty nine percent, and the other should not be sixty six percent. You can't tell me that Thor: The Dark World is that much better than BVS. Like it, look, I'm sorry, and this is just my opinion, but BVS. It's like, do you want to get stabbed or do you want to get shot? A lot of, a lot of it. BVS was ambitious, though they did have ambitions. And well, here's there, okay. There's a lot so, of really good acts. So, the Dark World is aiming low. Here, okay, hold on, hold on. Exactly okay, let's not let's not make it a. Your point is that yes. here's the thing: Thor: The Dark World sucks. We all know this, right? Why is it get? Why is BVS lower? It's because you decided to put Batman and Superman in it, and the whole thing was your mom's name is Martha too. Let's be friends. And the expectations factor. You can't tell me that that's not a factor. Yeah, it is because they fumbled the ball. But I can't make this a BVS podcast. I have to put my foot down on this. I always try. I know you do. (laughs) And you fail every fucking you know, time I'm, we can bite my tongue <laughs> You're like, no, no, no 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 because but here's the maybe thing. maybe one day we can i don't i don't agree with the marvel marvel is now getting it's just desserts i think like i think like there is burnout with that but there's also like i feel like people have been fair on marvel saying that certain movies aren't good like that's fine 
Like, but I think that the perception of Marvel is the Marvel studio perception is they have their ducks in a row. They have their Howard ducks and Howard, the ducks in a row. I'm going to go with that. I like it. I know. Hey, listen, sometimes I have a good idea and it's a chaotic mess with DC, but you now have a person in James Gunn who one is a successful director Two has played in both sandboxes of Marvel Mm. and DC. Guys, let's start there. How important is it that James Gunn has directed successful films in four and different rated films? Remember, all the Disney stuff is family friendly Two very, very hard R properties for DC. How important is it that someone who is now going to be the head of the studio has that experience with both types of superhero entities. Amanda, I'm going to start with you first. I'm going to let Dan like reload right now. Oh, I think it's, I think it's great because, you know, working in the system in the Disney system, you know, James Gunn knows what works and what did not And I think instead of again, trying to make another Marvel universe or whatnot, or kind of copy Marvel's format, you can look at something and say, you know what? Here's what works. Here's what did it. Here's how we can bring DC. Here's what we have for DC and what is what its strengths are. And here are the things that you know, like like the burnout, the stagnation. What can we do going forward? We can have a better path. He knows how he knows how to lay out a clear path. Um, but also, I think he has the ability to keep DC unique and not make it another Marvel because we we I want DC to do its own thing to be DC. And, and again, we see that in the non-DCU films, DC, you know, the, the non-DCU films, you know, The Dark Knight, again, is a great example. Um, it has the ability to do something unique. Again, Man of Steel had that. Wonder Woman had that. You have those, those moments and those players. So I think really knowing both sides, you can develop a strategy that capitalizes off the mis- you know, that could capitalize off of okay people are burning out on marvel what can we do that's different what can we do to re- to to be on the be on the stage be cohesive be coherent tell tell the stories we need to tell in a far more structured manner um and yet what can we do to help people stop getting burnt out what can we do to bring people back i think james gunn has that ability to to do that knowing how both sides work and I think we may get something completely different and something refreshing um, for just fans in general, whether you are Marvel or DC, I think we can get something unique and something that gets people excited again, whether again, which regardless of which side of the sandbox you're in or on or whatever, um, something different that I think is a win for everybody. I don't know. I think one of the big things, because Dan, I want you, I, I'm going to pivot off to you in a minute. One of the great things about Gunn is that he is a person who comes from trauma. He comes from Marvel and he works, worked in DC. He knows character. And he's been able to take characters like Dan mentioned before that are very fringe, like we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy and like we saw in the Suicide Squad and then saw him spin it off to Peacemaker where he's been able to make a successful show based on someone who is very fringe. That tells me he knows how to build characters. And if you want to make DC special, you have to do what you have to highlight what brought them to the dance. And those are the iconic characters and making them feel special. The other thing is he's not a guy who is uh, vindictive 
it seems, towards Marvel. I think he has a very good relationship still with Marvel. He has two projects yet to come out for Marvel. So he's not in competition with Marvel as much as he is about making DC good. I've always had this uh, catchphrase because there was a few times in my journalistic career I was asked to jump from one company to another and I uh, to run my own rival thing. And I always said, revenge is a terrible business model. And I think that's what DC was trying to do. Let's beat Marvel. Let's divide and conquer. Let's be them. Be the best you and the audience will follow. Now, Dan, you said before we had to we had to rein everything. You said James Gunn was the perfect choice to run DC films. I would love to hear your full thoughts on why that is. Yes. And with James Gunn, too, you know. I've ranted and raved a lot about Marvel over the years, however, one of the things I always say is that one of my favorite, maybe my favorite MCU movie is Guardians of the Galaxy. And I also like the second one actually quite a bit too. Not second quite as good made, as the first one, but the second but one solid. made me weep like a child. Uh, <laughs> it was so good. Both of what, them are great. What, yeah. what he does with Guardians of the Galaxy, and this is why James Gunn is the perfect person for this job, is he brings the humor to Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's all organic to the characters. None of it's forced. But what he also does, in my opinion, with Guardians of the Galaxy is there's also a real substance there. Like there's actual real character development. I actually was in. It's not just jokes. I was very much invested in those characters. And he also does the same thing with the Suicide Squad. He brings his unique brand of humor as well as with Peacemaker, too. But uh, even with both of those there, there's a substance to both of those shows, to the to Peacemaker and to the Suicide Squad movie that he made. Um, so it is the perfect blend of humor and also a lot of, you know, good character development and all the things we would want to see from a superhero movie. And also what I think James Gunn is perfect for this, too, is he understands that, you know, if he's good, if you're going to do a Superman movie you can't make it like the Suicide Squad movie. He knows, oh, he understands man, these characters. Yeah, but but the thing is, like, he knows that a Superman I mean, movie, he's going to he's gonna, part he's gonna me, bring... Parts of me would love it, but I understand your point, yes. He's going to bring the unique kind of wackiness, maybe wackiness is not the right word, but sort of um, the wonkiness to what a Superman movie could allow, but also stay true to who the character is and bring that epic quality that you also want from a Superman. And that goes back to what Amanda is saying, is that that is what will bring a unique story out of everything that he's going to touch with DC. And that's why I'm excited for James Gunn to oh. take over. This Just to role. clarify, too, we don't know if he's directing that Superman movie. No, I know, but I'm saying like he, but he's, you know, he's obviously going to have a say and the direction of that Superman movie. And he's going to, I mean, I assume he's going to be the one picking the director of who yeah. steers the ship. So he's going to know what that director's vision is, whoever it might be. Well, and I think to, to go off of what you said earlier, Dan, you brought up a good point in that people were like, well, we, why, why are they making all these dour superhero movies? And I think James is going to address that in his own way with the, hu- with the humor that you're mentioning. I think it's not going to be too overboard. I think it's going to be just right, the right amount of humor. And I think it's going to be in a very unique DC way. Like we're still going to get the, the more intense movies. I mean, obviously look at the tone of the Batman, right? Um, and oh, which even, I, again, I, I liked a lot. I, I, liked, I did I liked, too. Yeah, and I absolutely. Think, but I think you're going to get this nice blend 
of both. So, I mean, I, I, that popped into my head as soon as you said about the, your previous remark about the, the more dour types of movies. I'm like, I think, I think bringing James Gunn's going to help address some of that. But it's, but it's also like with Marvel, like one of my very biggest criticisms with Marvel has been, and look, again, I want to be very clear. Like I'm very critical of Marvel movies, but I also very much respect what they have done. Like it, you, you have been, very, argue, you have been positive about Marvel movies yes. in the past. Yeah. The, the, you can't argue with their success, but they're, look, I'm sorry, but they're also, there are a lot of Marvel movies where the forest humor, um, clouds yes, like the characters and like i you know i thought like you know thor love and thunder was a lot of that where the oh, humor really detracted it. from a lot of the story and the character oh, and that's the, the thing story. it's like it's it, sometimes the humor gets in the way sometimes it's forced now i agree did you now, hate I, ragnarok I, I, but but did you not yes. like her uh, uh, it, but again, yeah, yeah I, so i'm not like not, christmas again. i assume <laughs> Listen, no, no, just, I'm joking. Again, it's, Dan, it's, fun, it's here, fun to get your because with, because with things like Thor Ragnarok, no, it's I like it. sometimes it. it can get so out yeah. of control and silly that these movies become parodies of themselves. Sure. They become Saturday Night Live sketches, and that can be my problem with Marvel sometimes. But sure. what, James, what I really like about James Gunn, and he brings that blend of humor and seriousness, is that Guardians of the Galaxy, the humor was there when it needed to be, and it was organic from the characters. But when there actually had to be a story, he brought the story. He did the same thing with the Suicide Squad, and he did the same thing with Peacemaker. And that's why I'm excited about James Gunn, and that's why he is the perfect person you need for this. Uh, I'm sorry. Just going to check something downstairs. Um, Right now, uh, so announcements, you know, Marvel's making a ton of announcements, but DC, James Gunn is on record saying we are waiting to make announcements because he and Zaffron are going to be creating the Bible for the future of DC. Now, do you guys feel this is the smart move to to take the patient thing? Or do you think they really have to like right at the gate, they got to make some announcements just to get DC fans excited? My my take on this is absolutely do not make any announcements until you are 100% ready and you absolutely know what kind of movie you're going to make. And then you can start making some exciting. And the last thing you want to do, because we've seen this with some star Wars movies is that you don't want to make these haphazard announcements. And it's like, well, now they're like kind of getting canceled. And uh, well, we don't know what the status is of this. And uh, yeah, we're kind of developing this one and blah, blah, blah. No, you mean like a flash movie it, that's just, supposed to come out like a hundred times. And has, uh, well, that's know. a whole different ball of wax, but well, they, Hey, well, listen, that's not, Hey, that's not under James Gunn's regime. So exactly. listen, so that you get, get, you know, get everything dotted, you know, get everything confirmed, know exactly what kind of movie you're going to make, confirm it's going to happen. And then you make the big announcement and you say, here it is. Here's the cast. Here's the director. Here's a release date. We're ready to go. This is what's coming out. Don't, you know, so again, People shouldn't freak out if, you know, it's like nine months or something. We still haven't gotten like, well, why isn't James going to announce anything? Why isn't James going to announce anything? Just let them work on it. The he probably also can when they're ready to come. Okay? I wouldn't be so, shocked if he patience, has to wait patience. till after Guardians 3 comes out. I can believe that, too. They, I think I, I can believe that. I think there makes sense. Gentlemen's agreement type deal. Uh, here's Amanda. Let me post it to you and Dan. I'll bounce it back. Well, I mean, your thoughts on the delays, but I also want to get the 
we have you know we're talking about everything has a universe these days right from from marvel to dc to we have uh, like shows like the rookie has the, the rookie universe i'm like who gives a shit but the the yellowstone universe but do we need james gunn to create a dceu where everything has to have a timeline and everything has to pay off to like a crisis on infinite earths like do we does dc need that because that's very much Infinity War or like it's very much Marvel. Do we need to have to conclude to some sort of seismic event? Or do you think that's not the route they should go? Dan, I'm going to get to you as well on that one. But first, the seismic event and um, James Gunn decided just to pump the brakes on like big announcements and big changes they're going to make. Well, I agree that James Gunn is doing the smart thing by holding, you know, just going like, let's, let's pause here because when he's coming in, it, it, I think they need to assess what's already out there. What's in the works. I think it's just smart business in general, um, just to kind of get your ducks in a row, but also, yeah, I mean, you know, they got to see what's, what they have already in development. Maybe what, what, what was up in the works? Are they going to follow that plan? You know, and, and I think, I think it's smart to develop a sound strategy and again, see, what what's already being filmed what's in the pipeline can we cancel some things and that the, and and i think it gives them enough time to get away from the chaos that we know dc has been here yeah. um, it gives them a clean start so i a clean reboot and a positive message going forward i feel like um on a positive note and about the seismic type events like a crisis on infinite earth <sighs> i feel like right now they don't need that um, because again, it's still going to be too much like Marvel and you yeah. want DC to do its own thing. I want James Gunn to come up with his own and eventually down the line, if it gets to a seismic event, that's fine. But I think it needs, I think we need time and space and get a little bit more distance away from the Marvel way of doing things to getting to the DC thing, way of doing things. The DC has a lot of very similar concepts. You know, I yeah. mean, you, you have, I mean, you have the Justice League, you have, you know, you, there's, there's similar concepts that are there, but it's executed in its own particular way. And they got I think, an underwater guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, but, but they execute it in their own way. That's unique to them. And it doesn't feel so Marvel. Um, and I, I really feel like if they can, they, they find the formula that works for them, mm -hmm. you can have that seismic event. But it feels like a DC seismic event and not like a Marvel event. And that's what I, I want. I want authentic. I want DC to be DC like it is in the comics. A DC comic is very different feeling for me from, than a Marvel comic. 100%. And that's what I want in my movies and my TV shows. I want to say this is DC and I love it because it's DC. And this is Marvel and I love it because it is Marvel. That's what I want. And I think, I think James Gunn is doing the smart thing by pausing. And I think we're going to get that. Um, and I think we are going to get some kind of big event. You have to. I mean, that's kind of, I feel like that's just part of the superhero genre. Yeah. Um, but I but I think we're going to get it when it's perfectly executed in a DC way. I, uh, just before it gets Dan, I think just from a practical standpoint, it, they have to wait because remember Warner Brothers Discovery has taken over seismic changes going on from there. There is a lot that's changing. And a lot that's different. They have to take streaming, the HBO Max streaming service into consideration, which apparently I think they're supposed to, you know, put the Discovery Plus is supposed to be folded into it. They might change the name. There's a whole bunch of stuff we do not know about. I need AEW 
um, to get re-upped. Like, I need Ring of Honor to get a TV show. This has nothing to do with anything. Only Amanda and I are talking about this. This is like our own conversation. But I, I, there is practicality to this. And they don't know what the budgets are going to be going forward. They could have very modest money for DC in the beginning. So it might have to jostle a lot of what they want to do. They might not be able to go out the gates with, uh, maybe they'll get a good budget for a Superman, but maybe that Green Lantern show isn't going to get a lot of money. So they have to, they have to reconfigure some stuff. Dan, does DC need the big event or can they, should they do things differently? It's a great question. I know. And- it is a question that like I, I've done a much, podcast for like two years and I'm finally figuring out how to ask good questions. Um, it is a question that I really struggle with because I'm really of two minds on this. Um, I guess I'll say this first and foremost, whatever James Gunn wants to do and however he wants to steer the ship, go for it. So if that means shared four, universe, four things events, that Dan Cohen loves, so, add James Gunn to that list. That's right. So I listen, he's been put in position. So you got to just trust him to do his thing. And that's it. I think so. What I would say is I care first and foremost is I just want to see great movies. So that's yeah. the most important thing. So yeah. if it's part of a shared universe, not part of a shared universe, you know, whatever is if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. Uh, and that's it. But I'd be lying if I didn't say as a longtime DC fan, because I'll, I'll just, because I'll tell, I'll tell you this, my lowest point, I've been a DC fan my whole life. So my lowest point as a Jesus. DC fan was when I went to go see Justice League opening night, there. 2017. Yeah. yeah, I know. Right. Seriously. And I look, I, I go into the movie. Didn't I you call the Alex Smith of movies? I did. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it was just like it was my expectations were so low. So it was just like, by the way, I remember you tried making that a title and I was like, I don't know if that's going to play. And you said, no, 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 I really want this title. And we got comments from people we didn't even know. Like, this is the perfect description of hey, this listen, movie. I, I, hey, I, fan. I stuck to my guns, just like James Gunn should stick to his guns when he's steering the DC ship. All right, so there not you your go. best joke. Um, yeah, well, you know, we try. Um, but listen, but my lowest point was I'm sitting watching Justice League opening night and it's one of the theater was half full. And the, wow. this is just this is opening night of Justice League. So you would think this there was is pre pandemic, too. Yeah. And yeah. Oh yeah, this was 2017. And I'm at one of those movie theaters where, you know, someone walks out and they like introduce the film. He's like, hey, you guys are here to see Justice League and opening night. Of Justice League, like I hear just people snickering and laughing, like, yeah, we're going to see a real stinker here. And I'm just like, this just, this just sucks. And it's like, yeah. and like, part of my, like, I'll admit it. I'll be upfront about it. I'm jealous of Marvel. I want what they, <laughs> what they have. It's like, there it is. There it is. About, we were talking about football earlier. Bill knows I'm a big New England Patriots fan. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I realized one day the way that people feel about the Patriots. That's how I feel about like Marvel movies. It's like, I want not my, if you're I a New York my, Giants fan, I want my DC Endgame moment. Like I want my, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Aquaman in a real movie that I care about that's been built up with real stakes. And so, yes. So part of me does want that shared universe and one. I, I want to be there for that epicness that DC is. But again, as much as I do want that, like the more important thing is just make good movies and you'll get there when you get there. You'll get there when you get there. Okay. You brought up a great 
segue for me in Justice League. Now we all know about the Zack Snyder's Justice League and the Snyder Cut. The Snyderverse and the Air Cut were brought up to James Gunn recently. And he had a response saying, yes, we want to listen to the fans. We we hear what you're saying, but we're looking forward. <laughs> um, do you guys think, DC, and this is part of the DC problem, is the optics of that whole Snyder Cut thing. Even if you had the purest of intentions with that, and I know there's some people who have, that's a bad look altogether. That was a very toxic thing. We've all talked about it. It sucked. And a lot of people who got hurt, got hurt who didn't deserve it. So I am not praising them at all. And even though there are some people who I will admit, good dudes, meant good, did good things. That's I'll put that out there. My question to you is, should they be restoring uh, restorations? Should Gunn and Zafrin be looking at that? Or should it be like, guys, the past is the past. And maybe down the road and we'll do a special 25th anniversary or something. Or should they just let sleeping dogs lie? Amanda, I'm going to start with you. Should anything be restored or should they be more focused on the future? I say go to the future. Uh, I mean, it's a whole different regime. This is your chance to set a, a completely different tone. We can have a new era in DC. So why and especially now i think because i know we're going to start going to this too you know you already have jason momoa you know looking forward you're looking maybe looking at him in another project so why you know and you I've, i don't know i i as much as i i think it would be neat to see kind of some restoration i just feel like i i i want dc to have a fresh start um and have and do its own, it can do its own thing to where, you know, it could kind of like, I'm going to go back to wrestling here, WWE and AEW. This could be an AEW moment for DC where it comes out, it does its own thing. It fights back, it swings and it's in the same league, but not copying W like AEW does its own thing. It's not trying to copy WWE. If it does, then when it tries to, it doesn't work. And vice exactly. versa. Um, so I want DC to do its own thing. So I'm, I'm in favor of just letting sleeping dogs lie and going forward with a fresh start, coming back, kicking ass. And it's going to be, it's going to be amazing because it's a win for everybody. Cause never, and Marvel steps up their product too. So, <laughs> I mean, as a comic, as a comic fan, it's going to be a win for me. I just want good movies all the way yeah. around. And I'm with Dan on that. I'm team good movie and I want yeah. great movies. And I feel like, again, when you have a little healthy competition there and it's everybody bringing their own strengths to the table, it's a win for us watching the movies. If they wanted to do this as a, again, a special DVD release or a right. special or a documentary or something like that, that's great. They did their thing with Justice League that cost a lot of money. I don't think Warner Brothers Discovery is in the, in, in the business. I don't think they're in the business of uh, re, you know, reinvesting in former projects and instead, but they're reinvesting in new projects. I think one day, maybe you could make it a thing one day, but we've seen this with countless revivals, whether if it shows reboots of movies, wrestling promotions, trying to be redone like ECW and WWE, it doesn't often work. And it may, you don't want to lose that money, especially if you're Warner Brothers Discovery and you're counting every penny. Dan? I think it's, 
I think it's a really complicated scenario, though, because for a couple of reasons. Well, I mean, look, let me OK, let me speak on Snyder first. Like, look, I and I'm, I'm just speaking from Snyder, the filmmaker, like I like Zack Snyder movies. OK, sure. I like Man of Steel. I like BVS. Like when it comes to the Snyder Justice League cut, first of all, I never believed it existed until they literally on the day that they announced it was actually going to happen on HBO Max. I totally ignored that story. Like I never thought it was an actual thing. And when I went into the Snyder cut Justice League, I thought like, oh, it was it's just going to be like a moderately better version of the movie we got. I think it's like I mean, I think it's a good movie, but um, I was surprised that they did it now for someone who likes Zack Snyder movies. Like, sure, it, it appealed to me, but I was surprised that they did it. Like, I just like it didn't really make a whole lot of sense because, I mean, let's face it, like, even though I defend BVS, even though I defend Man of Steel, like those movies underperformed. So, uh, look, I was glad to see that he got his vision and I'm glad that I saw the Snyder Cut of Justice League, but I'm probably ready to move on. But I think it's also very complicated because it seems like they're going to continue using the same actors. So you could also say, okay. Is the like the Snyderverse is like sort of continuing because Henry Cavill is going to be back as Superman. I'm pretty sure they're going to keep Momoa as Aquaman. Mm. I'm pretty sure they're going to keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Yes. So it's like so. And you know what? If that's and I think that all of those actors are really great in the roles. And I think that there are great movies waiting for them. You've got to get the right filmmakers. And so I and look, so I think James Gunn is probably looking at the same way where he's like, listen, we've got these great. It's sort of like let's let's use more football analogies like it's it's kind of like, you know, the coach isn't there anymore of the team, but you still have a good (laughs) roster of players. Let's go. Let's get the directors who can really have these characters excel, you know. Do I care about getting into the discourse of like, well, if you're still using the Henry Cavill, you said the word discourse, which means, yeah, we shouldn't (laughs) just no, no, no. What what I'm trying to say is like, oh, well, they're still using Henry Cavill, Superman. They're still using Momoa's Aquaman. So, oh, does that mean they're going to revive, you know, um, plot lines that were in the Snyder Justice League cut or the BVS? I'm like. No, I don't care about that. Just like it goes back to what I've been talking. Just make good movies with these actors. I don't like if you if you want to tie it back to something there. If you feel like it fits with the story and the vision you want to tell, great. But just because you're using the same actors, you don't have to continue the storylines. Let's just say, hey, we've got these great actors to these characters. Okay, maybe some of these storylines didn't work. Maybe yeah. people weren't into yeah. them. But great, forge ahead with other stories. With these actors, there's no reason to recast anybody because they're all great in the roles. Let's give them great movies. Yeah, I mean, look at what Marvel did with, you know, the villain, one of the villains from The Incredible, the leader from the Ed Norton movie is now going to be the villain in Captain America New World Order. And if the story makes sense, that's good. That's fine. And like we can you can make stuff work because they made it work in comics. How many times have we seen stories retrofitted from one writer or editor to another this happens all the time oh look uh, at the fra- look at the two franchises of batman and superman yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect i mean they've they've all been you know the story the story doesn't always change i mean you you still have the or the same origin story right for batman yeah that's, we've seen it so we've times. seen it it's been recasted multiple times it's been but it still survives and I, you know, I, so I think there's something to be said. I, I like your, your thoughts, Dan, on the same actors, because again, Gail Cadeau, she's fantastic. I don't think I could picture another Wonder Woman 
um, at this point. She's, she's phenomenal. Um, love her, love her. And, um, you know, Henry Cavill, he's, he's knocking it out of the park. I've always liked his Superman. I think he's done a a fantastic, incredibly underrated. Um, and just, and just, yeah, I mean, there's, I think, but I think DC is in a good position to, to do that. And, and you'll create new stories using the same people because they've, the formula is already kind of there for DC in a way. And also I'm all for having like different Batmans in different universes, like keep the Matt Reeves universe in its own little world in its own bubble. Great. And if you want to do a Batman that like sort of continues Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck in this sort of like more extended universe. Great. As long as the movies are good. Like, I mean, I, I guess the criticism in the, in the reaction would be like, well, you know, you're going to oversaturate and everything. Look, we get a ton of superhero movies anyway. Now I would, if their movies aren't good, then yes, then we're oversaturating the market, but Hey, two good Batman movies in one year. If you make them good, great. Let's do it. We're, we're now like audiences are now like the superhero genre is the biggest genre in movies. Like we're all well trained now to accept like different iterations and different universes and different tracks. Like it's all fine. Yep. Like, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't worry about it. Don't get confused about it. And just, it, let's just sit there and hope it's a good movie. One thing that may confuse people is a certain uh, piece of news that came out from Jason Momoa, of course, who plays Aquaman in DC that, uh, his like a dream job, a dream project is coming up. And, you know, J, J, uh, James Gunn's hiring kind of is the impetus of this. And the rumor is that it's a Lobo who is uh, intergalactic bounty hunter, for lack of a better description, uh, a little rough around the edges. Um, and Momoa, a lot of people think he's talked about wanting to play this character. What do you guys think about the potential of? Jason Momoa either leaving Aquaman to become Lobo or being both Aquaman and Lobo. Uh, Dan, I'll start with you. Well, so, okay. That's interesting. Now I just, I just had this whole diatribe about like, Hey, just like, we'll have different characters, like different universes, same characters, you know, and audiences will all be fine. That's one where if he's Aquaman and Lobo at the same time, that one's a little weird. But now having said that, I am all for Jason Momoa as Lobo, but I would probably say like then I think you gotta I think you gotta transfer over from Aquaman because uh that's a tough one. I guess I guess it would be an interesting experiment. I would say this. I'll I'll stay true to what I was saying. If they're both good movies, sure, go for it. So it's a little, it's a little, it's a little weird. I guess um you well, you had well, you know what? Let's, let's go for it. Cause you did you did have Josh Brolin as cable and thanos like in this at the same time so this yeah, isn't that horrible this is very similar so yeah i'm i guess if you want to just ask me about could jason Momoa be a lobo that's a I mean, great yeah. choice yeah, so sure yeah I, i'm for it i'm for it uh also i think i think lobo would be a good james gunn directed movie that's one where i, I yeah go direct if you're going to direct one of these direct that one amanda your thoughts on that I agree. I, I I think Jason Momoa is an excellent choice for for Lobo. I feel like the part was written for him because he has a certain that seems to yeah. That, I mean, it it fits his persona, and I think now I feel like if they're going to keep him as Aquaman, he has to show a lot more acting chops because what made Josh Brolin work was they were two completely different characters. Like you could not, they didn't have a lot of similarities between the, you know. 
Thanos was yes, his portrayal of Thanos was completely different. And I need to see Jason Momoa do more because he tends to play, and I love Jason Momoa. I do. Um, which he smells like cigars in Guinness, by the way, if you ever meet him in person. I met him at Comic-Con, <laughs> and that's what he smells like. No shit. What a shot. Yeah. Um, but he tends to play the same. It's like casting Jason Momoa in the same part yeah. a lot, um, except for Frontier. Although you do get Jason Momoa as Jason Momoa still to an extent. He has a lot of acting chops in Frontier. Um, I don't know Frontier very well. Yeah, it's a uh, Netflix. It's his show on Netflix, and because oh, oh, um, there's C, that's his uh, show on Apple TV Plus. So he has yeah. depth. It's just I think if he can distinguish and differentiate his acting between the two, and that's going to be the hard part because Lobo is definitely I think more Jason Momoa as actual Jason Momoa could show up to work because he could. I could totally believe he'd be an intergalactic bounty hunter and no, be a, no. It, in a heartbeat right um i feel like if he can differentiate his acting he might be able to make it work see and in frontier i really liked him in that he's a lot of range the story is really compelling um so he's not quite so jason momoa but i feel like that's that's kind of the trademark of his acting it's even i think he's got a holiday movie coming out right I he think. Does, it's a Netflix movie. It's a Netflix out. It's movie. Like Dreamland or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but he's just basically Jason Momoa yeah. <laughs> celebrating yeah. Christmas. So I, I feel like he could he could do both parts, I, but I think he's just going to have to differentiate Aquaman a little bit more. Lobo, I feel like, is more up his alley, just in his personality, in general, his looks, everything. Um, but I, I feel like maybe if he... He's going to just have to do something different with his acting. And, I... And, I I, I just want to say I, I like his Aquaman actually quite a bit, too. but I'm not. I, I do. You're, you're not. You're not necessarily wrong though. Like he is not like, and I think that the first Aquaman movie, I think it's a solid DC movie, like middle of the pack. I like it. A has lot. has I some strengths. Has some strengths. Kind of like a little like mm, little run of the mill kind of generic superhero movie. But <laughs> he, I think he, I think Momo has actually been able to elevate a lot from the page pages that he's been given for each of his portrayal like to be honest even in both justice league versions like he was one of the better parts like i just think his presence there was really fascinating as aquaman now part of it is just because i think the aquaman mythology is really cool and i really really like yeah. that character a lot oh, yeah. i want to yeah, yeah. i want to see i want to see an epic oh, aquaman he, movie he was just badly. a cool aquaman like i love he really his aquaman. Was, yeah. he's like yeah, he, he made aquaman cool again yeah, <laughs> like but, but I do people. agree. That, like, he, I think that, but I, I think that the, it is right. Like, he's got to differentiate himself a little bit. But I do think, I, I think there's a good Aquaman movie waiting for him. So I'm totally. I'm, I hope it's the I, next I, one. Yeah, it could be. And I think James Wan is the guy that can do it. Um, yeah. You know, listen, first movie out of the gate, pluses and minuses. But I think he should still be the guy. So, uh, but yeah, I think both. I think him as Aquaman and Lobo. I, I'm for it. I'm for it. I think you can get away with it if. You make Lobo the TV character. He's just in the TV universe and Aquaman is only in film because I was saying I said on one of the podcasts that like Aquaman, like they're like, who's DC's Wong? Who's the guy who just shows up and everything because everyone loves him? I'm like, well, it's Aquaman because he showed up at Peacemaker and he was great. It's just like, oh, there he is. He was one of the few people who wasn't cast in shadows and he's funny. Uh, And I, I liked it. And I would love to see more of Aquaman and Peacemaker cutting it up. It'd be great. Uh, other people have suggested Dave Batista as Lobo, 
which I'm just like, I, I don't know. I like, and I love me some big Dave, our Lord and savior, but like, he's, I don't know if that it's a, that's a Momoa part. If you keep them separate, if you keep them separate, I could almost see them doing a meet cute type thing. It's just like, Hey, it's me. Hey, it's me. And I also remember we have Chris Evans as a human torch and captain America, not far from each other, but not existing at the same right time. So that's, that's the big, that's the big catch there. I think it also wouldn't be the worst thing if you had an alternate Aquaman or, you know, to have someone take over that role of Aquaman from him, an alternate universe Aquaman, like we were just saying, and then Moboa can transfer over to be Lobo. I think that would be your best move because I do like uh, Aquaman's a very fun movie and I like it. Anything to get Dolph Lundgren to pay day, I'm going to be for it. So it's awesome. I know. Yeah. I know. We need to see more of him. Patrick so, is also. Oh, he is. And we didn't oh, have yeah. to see his butt this time. Now, you know, I'll take it. So it was, it's just way too much. It's too often. Um, so you got to pick and choose your shots. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it. But let's talk about the future of DC and what our hopes are. So, guys, what are some projects that you would want to see, or even, you know, even stuff that's been talked about that you would love to see DC, like under the gun regime, like really flourish for me, I'm going to start off because I'm going to forget if I don't say it quick. And that's going to be the green lantern. Uh, I know they've changed. Um, they've changed it to be a black, the black green lantern, which is the, actually the first green lantern I read. I can't remember the, it's not Hal Jordan. I can't remember the character's name. It's very familiar and it's going to annoy me until I find it. Um, John Stewart, right? That's right. It's John Stewart, (laughs) red bank, New Jersey zone. Very short, ran into him at a Mexican restaurant one time, tiny man. No, but John Stewart, uh, the black green lantern. He is awesome. I love that character. And that's who I want to see. The Ryan Reynolds version of Green Lantern is not good. <laughs> so it's also not like it's, it's not, not like the Thor, worst it, movie ever made. It's and that, not and that Batman versus Superman. Was saying, Dawn of Justice. Where it's it's just not Thor: The Dark expectations. World. No, yeah, it's, it's it was a, a disappointment. Not though. a good movie. I don't it care was, about expectations. It's it was not whatever. Good. It was a whatever. I walked out of the movie going whatever, and I that's not good about it. That, no. Yeah, that's a that's it's not, the, it isn't. But but bottom line, but Green Lantern is not what the character deserves. Yes, justice. And I think under his regime, if that's where you're going with John Stewart, I think you can get a really good uh, either show. I think it's a show they're going for. Sorry. And there's a lot you could do with Green Lantern that I think people would eat up because he's not a character that has been overly exposed outside of that movie. Um, he does really well in the cartoon movies, um, but we haven't seen him too much in the TV shows, if at all. And he hasn't really been brought up in the movies. So this is that's a fresh start. That's a way to build him up. I think that would be awesome. Um, uh, Another thing I'd love to see, recast the Flash as soon as you can, because you cannot go forward with Ezra Miller. And I'm still shocked that they are going to. I actually don't believe they're releasing this movie. I I just I just can't believe they're going to release it. Um, those are the two big ones that I really want to see. And I would love to see a third Wonder Woman movie because Wonder Woman 84 was a big letdown. I thought it's still in development. I thought it was. Well, I don't know. That's why I'm just saying, like, I am not following as close, but those are, those are some ones you can get. And also there's the rumor of the Martian man. Uh, it's the Martian Manhunter. I always get the name wrong. He, he would be a great comic book character to do. Um, 
I think those would be some really solid ones. Uh, and keep going with some Suicide Squad stuff. I, Suicide Squad 2 would be great. And uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, Dan, what about projects that you would want to see, either that are in development or just off the top of your head? You're like, yes, I would yeah, love there are two to see and it. They're, they're very obvious ones, and you already took one of them, but I don't care. I'm going to just rehash it. Re- I want to see me. I want to see an epic Green Lantern movie. I want to see an epic Green Lantern movie. Please, please, please. And I know that DC... Listen, I know that the 2011 version really, really scared them because, like, I haven't even heard about anything Green Lantern development. The most we've gotten is that, you know, you uh, you see some Green Lantern, the Snyder cut of Justice League, like in the background, and that's it. No, they've um, talked about the Green Lantern core for a while. Kind of, I guess. Right. But I just there is there is an epic story to be told with Green Lantern. The concept is so cool. And it I know that if done right it can make so much money the problem is is that the 2011 ryan reynolds one it was just it was so watered down and the problem is you cannot you cannot water down a story like green lantern like you need to really commit and invest all the resources into that you've got to get the best director that you can to direct that and um yeah i'm all for yeah john stewart he's a really great character i really like john stewart he was good in the justice league animated series intense character and hey listen i'll do some fan casting if you want to dream big let's dream big michael b jordan let's go i'm telling me if you get a michael b jordan green lantern movie that would be awesome um, but I'm just gonna, I, I just gotta say like, and, and I have no doubt that this is going to be the first announced James Gunn movie. I mean, it's going to be the, it's going to be man of steel two. Maybe it won't yeah. be called man of steel two, but this is the one where this first Superman movie, you have to deliver. Like it has to hit, it has to work. And this is the most important one. He's the iconic character of the DC universe. You know, there's been a lot of mixed reaction on Superman films in you know the last 15 years. Um, I really like Man of Steel a lot. I think it's great. It's honestly like a top 10 superhero movie for me. I think everyone agrees like Henry Cavill is a great Superman. Like we want to see it continue his story. But now I think with the direction of James Gunn, they're going to be able to do that. But I'm telling you right now, and this is my biggest thing with doing a Superman movie, you cannot you have got to reach for the stars for a director. You cannot just get like a director, like, well, you know, he's done some nice smaller films. Like, yeah, like let's experiment with this one. Like you need to dream big. And so I'll throw out my name and I'm telling you, get, get Denny Villanueva on the phone. All right. Jesus that's, Christ. that's, that's okay. But Bill, you <laughs> no, I'm saying to, that's a great, that's pick. like, that's, I, that's, that is the type of director you have to reach for, for this Superman movie, because this movie has to work. You cannot mess around with this movie. So more than anything, more than any other, listen, Batman's going great right now. I've gotten plenty of great Batman movies in my lifetime. I'm at peace with Batman. We're all going to get Batman movies till the end of time, whatever. Superman is my second favorite superhero movie. He needs to get back onto the, onto the grand stage. Let's go. Reach for the stars with the director, Henry Cavill. Let's go. That's the project that's got to work. Amanda, what do you got? Um, I'm definitely here for Man of Steel too. That's one of my picks as well, Dan. So I'm here for it. Uh, especially if Henry Cavill's walking away from the Witcher, <laughs> it better be worth it. 
that series is doomed. I know. I was like, that's 99.9% of us for watching The Witcher because of Henry Cavill. Uh, <laughs> he's a great um, actor. I know. Liam, Liam Hemsworth incredibly... was a choice and a half. Oh, that's like that's like the wish version of Henry Cavill. Like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I'm so mad. That's, anyway, that's... we won't even go. Oh, down we got the right. Michelle Yeo Witcher one coming out, so I will. Yeah, I'm okay that. with this. I'm we'll happy that with one. that. I will take it. Um, but I mean, so Man of Steel definitely. I, I need a sequel, but for me, Constantine. I want more Constantine. I loved That's the show. It. I loved the loved movie. The show. Um, the show is fantastic. We had um, uh, Matt Ryan here for for Con too, which I was like geeking out on the side, like you know. We'll have to um, share with you guys the video we did with <laughs> Matt Ryan when the show was premiering, and Al did the interview. Al looks like he's four years old. Oh please! He's please skinny, send the video. No beard. He is. A, <laughs> he's a, he looks like a little boy. Oh, that's fantastic! Uh, so I loved the show. The movie was great. I thought the movie was incredibly underrated, and I am glad that people are appreciating it now. Oh, um, yeah. I mean that that whole scene where he's like going up and just does the the whole flip off right there. Oh yeah, iconic. I, I ref, uh, that's part of my daily life now. Um, I hope I can do the same when it's my turn. Uh, <laughs> but um, but the movie was great, and I really and especially now that there's of course there's always the rumor that Keanu might come back for that part. Um, I'm here for Constantine too. I I loved it, and I just I can't get enough of the character and the lore, the Constantine family lore. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. So please, do please. Please, please, please make it happen. And especially if James Gunn brings his humor to it and his, like, it's going to be even better than the first one. There's that potential for that to be there. Um, So I really want that. I'm excited about the Penguin show that's in development. Yes, yes. Oh my God. Colin Farrell, man, it just blew my mind in the back. My expectations are going to be too high. I know. I feel that. I feel I'm the same way. I feel like I have to like temper it down a little bit, but, it, but he did, he was so good in the Batman. I mean, just, um, I just, I really, really want to see what, I just want to see more. Um, yeah. I mean, give, give me, give me penguin, give it, you know, I, I want the un, unrecognizable Colin Farrell and I'm here for it. <laughs> Think about Colin Farrell. Like that guy, he was like, he's just like hot leading actor, man. Yeah. He just did a whole bunch of bad movies. I, and then he, now he's just like, everyone loves him. Yeah. He's, you know, he's probably, he might get nominated for an Oscar this year. Uh, he will be. And he so, be. but you're, if you're asking me like what confirmed DC project it, that I'm looking forward to the most, it is that. I just yeah, like I am great. salivating for that TV show. So, it's going to be so good. So this is an important part because we are concluding most of the Arrowverse shows on the CW. We don't even know what's happening with the CW. Really, there are some shows that are still around. We Lois and Superman is one of them. Um, Star Girl, I think, is another one that's still hanging around. But the shows that have really—I mean, when the Arrowverse st- first started, those things were huge. And then they kind of took the backseat. Now it's Peacemaker. Now it's Titans. Now it's Doom Patrol. It's other shows. It's Harley Quinn, the animated series. Those are the ones that are getting the talk. Very much mature, R-rated type of material. Do you think this is the path that DC should go down for TV? Because obviously we know they have to be a little more family-friendly for the most part, with their main show, with their movies, because they want a more general audience. They want to get that big box office. But for the shows, do you think they should be staying in that more mature lane? Uh, Dan, what do you think? Should they be Should they be in a more mature lane, a more TVMA than, say, the, the Marvel TVPG? 
I I would say yes. Um, I would say, I mean, like when it comes to the CW shows, like I was never like that into them. I I, I like them. A lot of people I liked them. Yeah. I I know, and I, I I totally understand that, and I totally respect. I know that they have a very passionate fan base. Like, look, like back in the like, yeah, I watched Smallville. Like, I like Smallville fine. Um, and I actually did like the first couple seasons of Arrow. I actually thought were like legitimately like pretty good. Um, and then it just kind of like devolved into like, eh, it's okay. Just it's, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, it's fine. It's a CW sure. show, you know, I, in the flash was fine. Um, you know, I liked it for like a season, a season and a half. And it's like, and then I moved on it, but it's not like I moved on. Cause like, ah, I don't, this show stinks just cause like, eh, it's just, it's just not good enough to, for me to like, sure. you know, keep, to keep watching. Um, I would just say this for the simple fact of, you know, I, look, I'm, I'm all for the more kind of like mature TV shows just because then that's how you're differentiating yourself from Marvel. And look, I totally like, look, again, I know I've been a big critic of Marvel, but they, they have found their audience and they found their niche and Hey, listen, keep doing what they're doing. Cause it's obviously working very well for them. So great. Have, you know, the, all the shows on Disney plus, like, you know, I'm sure that a lot of them are, some of them are probably doing well, some of them not as well, but I'm sure it's varying degrees of success with those. You know, I don't watch them, but I'm sure that like most things on TV, some are very good. Some are not as good, but Hey, yeah. listen, at the end of the day, they have their audience. Right. So HBO max DC. Yes. This is a chance for you to get a different audience. And great. So you have two very different types of superhero universes. I think that's great. Amanda, your thoughts. I'm here for it because, um, you know, I grew up watching Smallville as well. I watched Arrow. I watched Constantine um, and I watched Gotham and, and they, were, they were they were all solid shows. I enjoyed the shows, um, but I also I, I feel like the audience that watched those shows when they started off has grown up a little bit more um and the caliber of tv itself it's yeah. not even just marvel that's competition it is there there's so much other i mean you had game of thrones come out around the same time you had you know um and of course now you have house of dragon um and you have lord of the rings and you have all these other other sandman. shows yeah. sandman yeah even even the, the characters competing within themselves i mean lucifer i i enjoyed lucifer i know i know some people either liked it or didn't i enjoyed it um Tom, Tom Ellis, if you ever, you, if you ever single, I'm single, call. Um, <laughs> just uh, but, just uh, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. That'd be exactly, fun. exactly right. Um, but I, I feel like to be competitive with the caliber of TV, there's so many more options for people to watch now. DC has to evolve. Um, again, you know, even with Star Wars, you have Andor, you have, you, you have other, you know, it's not just Marvel that DC is competing against when you're trying to pick up a TV audience. So I feel like, yes, I want them to go down a little bit more of the MA, you know, go the little bit more of the adult route. Um, one, because I think you're going to still carry people that, that watched again, like I grew up watching Smallville and I enjoyed it. Um, and I, I feel like I would still continue to watch. Especially uh, if it was sexy Smallville. Um, I think, I think, but I, I think Constantine is the show that, uh, that yes. was handcuffed the most because oh. that should have been like on Netflix, R rated or HBO. And yes. I think a Constantine as a series would work well, so much Netflix, better. Like when Lucifer moved to Netflix, it got so much better. And can you imagine if 
Netflix had picked up or like, you know, Constantine that was the on that route. And it never yeah, got picked up. Oh man. I mean, and that show was excellent. Yeah. Um, out of all the shows, I enjoyed that one the most. Yeah, the um, the yeah but I, I feel like, yes, you do have to evolve because you're not only competing with Marvel, you are competing with everybody else. It's it's like you have, <laughs> yeah. you have HBO, let the HBO people make the shows. And remember when DC Universe was a thing, Swamp Thing was very highly regarded. Doom Patrol is very highly regarded. So just have your TV people who have made iconic shows for, I don't know, HBO has been around for like 50 years. Have them be in charge of your TV. If James Gunn, James Gunn's worked on HBO. That's the other thing we forgot. Oh, he's, yeah, worked right. with, he's worked with HBO for Peacemaker. Right. And that and, and Amanda brings up great points about evolving and like dead on because think about it, like I think what Peacemaker did is it brought in Everything. people who weren't just yes. superhero fans and not just, you know, people who would watch, you know, like CW shows. It brought in another audience, and that's what you want to do, of course. And that's what I think the penguin show will do. Like, I don't yeah. think it's just gonna be like a oh yeah, that was like a really great, you know, like comic book show. That is going to be a legitimate, like, this is just a great show. Gangster show. That's what you want to strive for. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, every, every one of those shows should have a choreographed dance before everything starts. It would be great. I mean, the the title, the title sequence of Peacemaker is probably, is probably the best thing that has ever come out of DCEU other than Man of Steel. I agree. All right, guys, we have talked a lot about what we want to see. Now, the thing we want to see with DC the bottom line is we want fun and fun is defined as good quality content. That's what we want. We want to enjoy ourselves when we're watching this, whether it's serious, whether it's funny, whether it's action, whether it's drama, we just want DC to be good and consistent before we close out any final thoughts that you guys have about DC and James Gunn (laughs) taking over before we sign off. So man, any final thoughts, closing thoughts about this? I wish all the success to James Gunn. Please, please, please make DC worth watching it. Make me care. Please make me care. Cast more wrestlers and things. Right? (laughs) I mean, I heard that MGF guy is pretty good. Um, (laughs) um, That's on the podcast for another day. I know. Um, But I just, I really want to care again because, again, I grew up loving the non-DCEU products, you know, whether again, this some as cheesy somewhere as awesome as other ones were, it, I cared. And then I got to the point where I was like, mm, like right now, meh, except for again, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman. Uh, again, the first Aquaman, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, there are a few that, that, that hit and that, that make me enjoy and I get back into it. I'm like, yay. And then something else comes out and I'm like, ah, um, so make me care. And I, I just and make DC awesome again because it is a win for everyone if that when that happens. James Gunn, you made us care about Polka Dot Man. Take yes. that same energy yes. and apply it to the pillars of the comic book industry. That's all I want. That's all I want. The love and care this guy put into some of the most random ass characters in comic book history. I wanted to see that love and care, which I don't think has been put into a lot consistently of the most iconic, as Dan said in the beginning, the most iconic A-list comic book characters of all time. Dan, close us out. Don't be Marvel. And when I say that, I'm not, again, 
I've been a long time critic of Marvel movies. They're not usually my cup of tea, but I have all the respect for what those movies have accomplished. I really do. And what works for them has been great. So great. Keep doing what you're doing. But problem that has been with DC is that like with when they started with me, it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation is like Man of Steel. They did have a vision for, I think, what they wanted their universe to be. They started off with like, hey, let's just make a Man of Steel movie, a Superman movie, and we're going to go from there. What happened? They overreacted to what the reaction was to Man of Steel. They freaked out. And even though I like BBS and I still think it carries over the tone of Man of Steel. It does. It was very clear that they were like, we got to we got to catch up to Marvel. We got to catch up to Marvel. And that's where you fail. That's what the Amazing Spider-Man 2 tried to do. It, it the same thing. People overreacted to the eh, lukewarm reception of the first Andrew Garfield movie, which I like because I know it's not everyone's cup of tea when it comes to Spider Man. But at least that tone. Fine. But at least that tone was consistent. That movie knew yes. what it was. It did. That's <clears throat> every it, what what DCD what DC did, and you can see this in the 2016 Suicide Squad movie. Is that we want to kind we want to try and keep a DC tone, but we also like want to try and be like Marvel. And it's like, then you walk out of the movie and you're like, I don't know what the hell I just saw, but it wasn't good. You can't so, be half pregnant. Amanda, you can yes. attest to that. Listen, James Gunn, he, he knows he's going to know to take these characters where they need to go. And he knows that what might not work for certain characters is going to work for other characters. All, they're going to have their own unique tone. But I trust his vision and that he's going to get the characters where they need to be. And that's what I want. I want to see epic stories and I want to see stories that reflect how good these characters are. We've seen it with Batman. I'm more than happy to see more great Batman movies. But now it's time to get, you know, I, I want to see, you know, the Dark, the Dark Knight might be a high bar, but strive for that. You know, strive for that with Superman. Strive for that with Green Lantern. The stories are there. Let's go. Well, James Gunn, if you're listening to this, um, you know, you can Please. DM us at any time for any ideas or jobs. So don't worry about it. That concludes our conversation about the future of DC at the movies and on television. But before we go, we're going to give our pop culture recommendation for the week, as well as plug our social media. So, Dan, you are our esteemed guest. Thank you for returning after a two-year hiatus where you talked about the DC fandom, and that was still a very highly uh, listened to episode. Uh, two years later, still people still checking it out. Tell us, uh, give us a recommendation and where people can find you online. All right, well, let me, I'll start out with the recommendation. I, I will recommend one thing here, and uh, this has been my favorite, whatever you want to say, movie, TV show, in all of pop culture the last few years. Um, please, if you're out there listening and you have not watched Cobra Kai, I implore you, watch this show. It is, this is the vintage example of how you continue a franchise. It's five seasons in, it's on Netflix. What they have done, even if you're not a big Karate Kid fan, like you will like this show. Now, if, you, if you've seen the first Karate Kid, you'll get more out of it, but... Um, what they have done with this show is absolutely incredible. The character of Johnny Lawrence has been one of the great characters in all of TV, like the last few years. He's not only is he funny as hell, but he is also, believe it or not, a very, very complicated character as he navigates the waters of reopening 
Cobra Kai. Um, but what also has impressed me about this show is that I don't want to give too much away, but they like they, you know, they don't they don't shy away from the universe that's been created. They even reference things like, you know, the Karate Kid three back in the day was like this very highly criticized movie, like it flopped, like nobody cared about it. Right. They have met what these creators have managed. It is incredible. What they have managed to do is like they've taken elements for Karate Kid three and they've actually made them like really, really good to the point where now people are reevaluating a forgettable movie from, I think, 1989 that just nobody saw back in the day. And now people are like, wow, this actually might be good. And it's because of what they've done, what they have done with Cobra Kai. It is the perfect balance of let's continue the legacy characters, but also let's also forge new stories with new characters. And you are equally invested in both. Please, please watch Cobra Kai. I, I normally, I don't like to obnoxiously push movies or TV shows on people, but what? this is one, but this is one where I just, I cannot stress enough. Watch Cobra Kai. That's my well, recommendation. And I uh, watched the episode of Nailed It, which is the Cobra Kai episode. That's pretty cool. The latest season. Uh, and Dan, where can people find you on social media and on a little uh, say called the pop Yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at D Cohen Writer. Again, that's at D Cohen Writer. Uh, we and as you, if you couldn't tell already, uh, I like DC and uh, I like talking about DC. If that wasn't obvious, uh, I do a monthly podcast, Batman by the Numbers. Uh, we're a few episodes in. Bill has been on it a couple times. We've had yes. a lot of fun. Uh, we do a lot of rankings episodes. Uh, we ranked our pilot episode was ranking all the Batman movies. Ton of fun. Uh, you know, uh, Alex Marcus has been on it. Yeah. Podcast editor of the poprate.com. He's been awesome. Great to work with him. And so please check it out. We've done movie rankings, villain rankings. We did some news chatter with Bill as well. Uh, our last episode, we had a lot of fun. We ranked the Batman vehicles. Check that out. The Batman cinematic vehicles, uh, where I really get bent out of shape at how highly ranked what the Batman shock. and Robin Batmobile was. High. So, so, so go ahead and check that out. Um, and then also, uh, I am writing <clears> for the site again. Uh, as I have revived my old column, Box Office Predictions. So please go ahead and check that column out as well. Uh, it's a lot of fun to write. Uh, so yeah, that's it. At D Cohen Writer, you can find me. Amanda, tell people where they can find you and your pop culture recommendation. Uh, so y'all can find me. I'm primarily active on Instagram uh, at Mandalorian. Uh, and I've been, I posted today some pictures of my Mandalorian Ahsoka cosplay, which I'm very proud of uh, and excited. It turned out really, really well. Turned out great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Those are the hills for her actual lightsabers. I was not allowed to bring in the blades and they're kind of, they're really long. They don't retract. So no. I mean, it was like one's about as tall as Seth. So, um, <laughs> um, but it, it was, so I, do, I cosplay, uh, nerd t-shirts. I'm a big anime, of course, wrestling supporter. So I'm posting about our, our um, local shows around here in the Texas area. Uh, we've got a, a couple. We've got December 10th, Mission Pro. Uh, next Saturday, we have um, our River City Wrestling. And we also have Uncanny Attractions in Austin. So check those out. And um, where I'm getting announcements actually right now for another show, I'm ex- which I'm like, everyone's blowing up my phone uh, about it. 
but it is, uh, it's going, uh, Billy Gunn is going to show up for this one. It is the South Texas Rumble Fest. So Daddy ass. He's coming. I'm like, ooh, I'm going. Uh, <laughs> Daddy ass and, of course, the Gunn Brothers and Brian Pillman Jr. will be there as well. So this is going to be a There's some, uh, choice. a there are some choices made there. There's some choices, uh, right? <laughs> and what's your pop culture recommendation um, for the week? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but uh, from Let's last week, but and or. Um, this so last good. episode of Andor was so good. If y'all watched last week's episode, this week was incredible. Andy Circus, MVP. Um, all I have to say is I can't swim. That's all oh, I got. Christ. That's all oh, I got. Um, oh, Andy Circus interviewed on the popbreak.com, an interview I always what? forget we have from from his days from uh, the Planet of the Apes. What? I got an interview for there. Yeah. I need to I go, I need to go check that out. Um, he's fantastic. He's another one. Ironically, that has been in the Star Wars universe before since he motion captured Snoke. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And he has come out saying that his character in Andor is not it is not an origin story for Snoke. He had to come out and say that. <laughs> I, it made I, no I, sense I, to me, but it made zero sense that that would be a thing. But uh, he had to come out and say something. So, but that's my pop culture recommendation. It's an emotional journey. And I, I feel like we're getting the rebellion from the eyes of the people. Yeah, which we don't always get. You get it from the hero's perspective or the villain's perspective, but never the average person. And it's such a relatable way that you're like, I get it. I get it, Andy Circus. I got it. <laughs> I uh, I was a couple episodes behind, and then Amanda has been asking me to watch it. Alex um, messaged me in all caps. He's like, "Still in fucking scars, guard." I'm like, Alex never swears. This must be something. So I binged the last three episodes last night instead of going to sleep, and that's probably why I'm sick right now. Uh, but it was worth it because it's great show. Uh, can, it's not my pop culture recommendation. I want to uh, steal Amanda's thunder there. Um, I will recommend something I probably recommended last week or the week before, and that's the Great British Baking Show. It is a wonderful bit of pop culture. Okay. They can wrap around yourself like a warm blanket. I got the spoilers like who got eliminated this week uh, by accident. Uh, it sucks. I don't. I didn't want to know. Uh, but it's such a great show. It's just go watch it. Just getting in the tent, watching Delicious things get baked by people who aren't cutthroat competent. Cutthroat competition it's, is amazing. It's legit hard things to bake. Like you really have to be skilled, truly skilled to oh, yeah. bake on the show. Yeah, and I'm learning it, a lot about pastries that I never knew existed. No, yeah, you know, you know, you don't want a soggy bottom. I've always, I've learned that. Uh, it's a big thing. Uh, as for me, uh, you can always, of course, I'm the editor in chief of the popbreak.com. Don't have anything written coming up just yet. I think my most recent thing was a review of the Marvel special Werewolf by Night, which Dan, actually, you would like um, because you don't need any lore or legend or anything to do with Marvel to fully appreciate it. Um, and, uh, so go check out that. Yeah. Go check out that review. I'll have some other stuff coming up. I, I do a ton of podcasts, obviously socially distanced drops every single Friday on all your favorite streaming platforms. Give us a rating, give us a review, subscribe, help us get up, climb those ladders. We've been doing this for 133 episodes. We'd love to get into more ears around the world. Um, I'm also the bill in the bill, bill versus the MCU podcast, which is a podcast where I did not finish all of the MCU's original runs. So I, sat all this year and i watched all the movies and all the tv shows and i am recording alex marcus and i are going to go see wakanda forever together tomorrow the first time we've ever hung out in three years and uh that i've known him and then we are recording uh our next episode which is about wakanda forever she hulk attorney at law and werewolf by night 
And then we will be doing our award show where we're going to give out a lot of silly awards for Marvel stuff that we watched this year. And then kicking off season two starting in January, which we'll announce all the stuff in December. Uh, I'm also part of the TV Break podcast on the Pop Break TV Hub where Alex, Josh Sarnecki, and I talk about all the best things in TV. Our best of 2022 episode will drop next month. But most importantly, follow thepopbreak.com. Every single day, we've got some great stuff. Got a ton of interviews up right now. We just uh, interviewed Brandon Eaterauer, who's a huge star within the World Jam. Uh, we've got tons of great concert coverage. Everything from Iron Maiden to Rammstein to uh, Nine Inch Nails and Lord and Green Day and everything. Yep, we got we got Nine Inch Nails in L.A., I want to say. Um Tons of stuff. And then we have the When We Were Young in Vegas show. We have a bunch of stuff from that as well. Tons of movie reviews out right now. Check out thepopbreak.com at the pop break on Twitter. As long as Twitter is as long as Twitter is still a thing. And at the pop break on Instagram, which is going to be getting a little bit of a makeover coming soon because our favorite commander will be taking over that role. So next week. Apparently, Al's going to come back next week because Amanda's off next week. So, you know, he might be returning briefly from paternity leave uh, to talk about Wakanda forever. That's right. We're going to have a lot to say. we got some new guests singing some old favorites returning. So until next week, this has been Socially Distanced talking about the future of D.C. 